If you have your Bible with you, I want you to turn with me to the book of 1 Kings and chapter 18. 1 Kings and chapter 18. It's a wonderful chapter in the Bible. It deals with Elijah. Elijah, if you would know me, Elijah's my hero in the Bible. I, I love speaking about Elijah time and time again. I keep coming back uh, to him and... I want us this evening to read, it'll be quite a lengthy reading, but we're just going to pick a few thoughts out of it, but I do need to read to set the whole context of this, uh, uh, of this meeting of Elijah and the people on Mount Carmel uh, with the false gods, the false prophets of Baal. And so we're just going to break in 1 Kings chapter 18, and we will break in in verse 17. This evening. And it came to pass when Ahab saw Elijah that he had said unto him, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, and that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. Now therefore send and gather to me all Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal four hundred and fifty, and the prophets of Groves four hundred which eat at Jezebel's table. So I have sent unto all the children of Israel, and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long hold ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I, only remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, cut it in pieces, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire under. And call you on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullet for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many. Call on the name of your God, but put no fire under. And they took the bullet which was given them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even unto noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered, and they leaped upon the altar which was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god, whether he is talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure, he sleepeth, and must be awake. And they cried aloud, and cut themselves after their manner with knives and lances, till the blood gushed out upon them. It came to pass when midday was past, and they prophesied unto the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, and there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. And Elijah said unto all the people, Come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. And Elijah took twelve stones, according to the number of the tribes of the son of Jacob, unto whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be thy name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord. He made a trench about the altar, as great as wood contained to measures of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bullet in pieces and laid him on the wood and said, Fill four barrels with water and pour it on the burnt sacrifice and on the wood. 
And he said, do it the second time. And they did it the second time. And he said, do it the third time. And they did it the third time. And the water ran round about the altar. And he filled the trench also with water. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, let it be known this day that thou art the God of Israel, and that I am my servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, and the wood and the stone and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is God. Amen. And we do know that the Lord will bless the reading of His precious word this evening. It's a well-known account here in the life of Elijah. Said already, he is uh, one of my heroes in the Old Testament especially. And as we look at this passage tonight, I don't want us even to look at Elijah. Because certainly this evening, uh, as we look at this passage, and I think especially, you know, where he uh, it gets them and he pours out the water. Now remember, it's three and a half years of drought. And he pours out this water over 12 barrels full of water over this altar. And I remind you of the story told about the, the one Sunday school teachers teaching about this. Uh, and, and he poured out the water over the, 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 the bullock. And, and the, the teacher was trying to challenge the children. He said, what do you think that was for? And he's trying to teach them, them giving them the best, something sacrificed, something important. And the one little girl, she put her hand up and she says, no. He was making gravy. <laughs> and that was her idea. You know, gravy, Sunday lunch, you have to have your gravy. But what does this all entail, this lengthy reading? It really comes back to, and I want us to be simply looking uh, here uh, this evening as we see the challenge in verse 21. I've been challenged in my own church, I've been going through uh, the scriptures, looking at the how longs in the Bible. How long? Well, I sleep, O sluggard, is what I preached last Sunday evening in the book of Proverbs. How long will I harden my heart? was spoken on to Pharaoh. But Elijah here challenges the people. How long will you halt between two opinions? How long will you skip literally from side to side, not willing to make up your mind and your position? And so this evening, as you consider this, how long will you halt between two opinions? I want to simply ask you tonight, whose side are you on? The Bible is very clear. There's only two sides. In the Bible, it's, it's clear. There's black and white. There's heaven and there's hell. There's the Lord Jesus Christ and his offer of salvation. And there's every other way you can try and please God, but it will all fail. Oh, there is that narrow way, and there is a broad way that leads to destruction. The scriptures is clear. There's one of two ways. Whose side are you on tonight? I want us just to look again and pick a few pointers out of this lengthy reading here with Elijah standing before these prophets on Mount Carmel. How long holds he between two? 
opinions. Go back to me to verse 16. I want you to see first, whenever Elijah meets Ahab, I simply call this man's insinuations. Man's insinuations. What happens? Elijah meets Ahab. What happens when a righteous man meets an ungodly man? There's trouble. There's a dispute. And uh, what we find is, you see here, uh, when they meet, and it came to pass in verse 17, when Ahab saw Elijah, was, I hadn't seen him for three and a half years, three and a half years earlier, he had stood and said, it's not going to rain until I say so. Now three and a half years, he's been searching for him, and he meets him. And after three and a half years of drought, you would think this man would have been feeling a little bit humbled. But what do we find in the insinuation of this man? What does he say to Elijah? Look what the Bible simply says. Art thou he that troubleth Israel? In other words, it says, Elijah, you're the problem. Art you who troubleth uh, Israel? Oh, that word troubleth is an interesting word in the Hebrew language. And it simply says, it uh, refers to something that causes uh, disturbance. Are you the one that causes the disturbance? In the Hebrew language, it, it can often refer to a snake. Okay? And I remember one day playing golf for my sins in South Africa with some older missionaries and pastors. And if you see my golf game, you guess where I was. I was never... The Sandy Golf Course was about six miles long. I walked about ten miles. And you see how good my golf game was. I was in one day into the rough and walked into the grass and there was a disturbance in the grass and I just jumped out and I said to the guys, I'm taking a free drop and not one of them dared argue with me the snake just came out and moved on and it was the joys of being in a, in a different part of the world but Elijah is standing here he's done nothing wrong and he says, you're the problem rather than acknowledge that it is his sin that has brought about drugs upon the land of Israel. He's pointing the finger at others. Friends, I wonder tonight, would you fall into that category? You know, the problem here was nothing to do with the fact there was no rain and there was drought. The problem was because Elijah said unto him, it says, You and your father have forsaken the commands of the Lord. You and your father and your household have sinned. You are the problem. Friends, the sad thing about many, even in this world today, like Elijah, we want to shift and pass the buck, pass the blame to someone else. We live, sadly, in a world where fairly few will acknowledge and raise a hand and says, I'm at fault. You know, I had to look back to the time when I lay on that sleeping bag. I realize, Lord, I lied. Lord, I'm trying to fool people. But I had to come in simple faith and repentance and Lord, I'm sorry. Here you find Ahab left up in his pride, refusing to acknowledge, passing the blame to lies, always finding fault. We live in a world. We look around in the media of this world, we'll always point fault at Christians. And nothing has changed in 3,000 years. They blamed Elijah. <laughs> and today the world will still blame the church. I wonder this evening if you like 
they have pointing the finger and simulating the things that are going wrong in my life, the, the challenges, you know, it's, it's not my fault, it's your fault. You know, it's sad to see many of our younger people are blaming their parents for the way they were brought up. It's sad to see many will even blame men who stand on the pulpit and say, it's their fault, they didn't teach me. Friends, you don't know the Word of God, you don't have to be taught a lot to see how much God loves you. And now he died on the cross of Calvary for your sins. And the Bible is very clear that you need to simply come and put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and be born again into the family of God. You don't need to be a theologian to understand that. So why do you keep pointing the finger and blaming others? I'll not be a Christian because you see the way that Christian lives. You're pointing the fingers. You're like Ahab and Jezebel here. I wouldn't want to be in their company. Elijah said, are you the one? He said, you're the one that troubles. He says, no, I'm not. You are the saving. Have you ever come to that point? And this is very simply to what the Bible declares. Stop making excuses. Stop blaming others. I acknowledge here that I am a fault. It's my sin. It's my sin that needs to be dealt with. It's not somebody else's sin, it's my sin. And how, what hope can I have in this world? How can I get rid of my sin? Well, praise God, it comes through the precious blood and the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. We're going to see in a moment where did the hope for Israel come in the Old Testament? In a sacrifice. And our hope, the one who offers us hope, is the Lord Jesus Christ. As John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin. Of the world. Oh, friends, you see here, Elijah's faced by this challenge and he says, No, I'm not going to accept. Listen up. Stop making excuses. You listen up. I command you to be with all these other prophets of my formal tomorrow. In fact, you find in this text that we read this evening, eight times Elijah speaks, and each time it's a command. He's not frightened. He simply declares a command that needs to be obeyed. I want to tell you tonight, the gospel is a command. Ye must be born again. That's what the Lord Jesus said in Nicodemus. Then he said, oh, you may have to, but it's, you need to be born again. Unless you are, you'll never be brought into the family of God and you're heading to a lost eternity and ultimately to the lake of fire, which is the second death. What is the word death? Death simply means a separation, separated from God for all eternity. You see here, as we come to this challenge, how long holds he between two opinions? Whose side are you on? Oh, you find clearly, here is how the world often reacts. And God permitted you tonight. Stop pointing the finger. Stop blaming someone else. Be man enough, be woman enough, if you have to be politically correct today. Be that person saying, the fault lies with me. And here we find it very clearly in the situation as they come together in situations of man. But then notes Israel. And you see in Israel their indecision. And God forbid you're like them. Look at verse 21. Uh, it's, it, this is an interesting verse. There's so much in it. I don't want to get sidetracked. It simply says, Elijah came on to all the people. Who's the gospel for? All the people. 
Everybody, old and young, doesn't matter rich or poor, black or white, all the people. They were all gathered there. Isn't it interesting that Elijah calls them all? Everyone needs to hear this message. And nobody says, How long hold you between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Now, note, here's one of the saddest statements in the Bible. And the people answered him not with him. The people answered him not with him. They didn't say anything. Elijah's chance How long holds you between two opinions? Not always choose which side you're on. Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you recognize that He is the only Savior? And what He's done on the cross is the only means of salvation. Or are you trusting and trying to be a good person? A nice son, a, a faithful member of the community, one who gives to charities, one who does good works? What says you can't be both? It's one or the other. And here's this picture. That word halt. How long halt ye between two opinions? It simply means to halt, or hesitate, or to skip. And I'm not going to skip around up here. As I see the baptismal bank is underneath me, and I could disappear if I skip around here. But it's going from one side to the other. You know, sad to say there's many. And they listen to what the Bible says. Oh, that's right. That's, that's, that's good. But they're like Israel. They answer not a word. My friends, the gospel command is very clear. You must be born again. All well, the Bible tells us that we need to confess the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you answer not a word, how can you be born again in the family of God? The scriptures are very clear. And uh, as the insinuations of Ahab rung in Elijah's ears, I think this probably broke him even more. They answered him not. My friends, you know the Lord Jesus loves you. Love is where we love him. He went all the way to the cross of Calvary. There he died in your stead, my stead, in place of us. He literally became a substitute for you and I. And all I ask is that we would come and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Have you called? Are you like this people of Israel, the kind of Elijah? The answer is not a word. He challenges the people. How long will you halt to do How long do you have on this earth? No one has a guarantee. Say, I'm young. Say, my testimony has already very lonesome. Mm-hmm. How long do you have? How long will you carry on thinking, oh, I must do this, or I'll, I'll sort it out? Oh, that, that, that sounds good, but oh, you leave out those doors, you have those doors, you're thinking about work tomorrow, or you're thinking about this or that, and you're skipping between two opinions. Friends, it's important. That you confess, you come to the Lord now. Oh, the Bible is very clear. Oh, that now is the accepted time. Well, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Do not be like the nation of Israel. Oh, Moses said in the book of Numbers, he said, How long 
Will this people provoke me? How long will it be ere they believe me? Always oh, Moses was getting frustrated there also with the Lord with Israel. With Israel, how long? How long? Friends, we have no guarantee of the length of time we have on this earth. The Bible is very clear. It's very brief. Have you made that right decision? Have you chosen the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Are you so blaming someone else like they have? Or sadly like these people, oh, they refuse to say nothing. 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 Oh, friends, I think it would be far better if Israel uh, had condemned Elijah and mocked him. I think it would have been easier at that stage. But their indecision brought, sadly, on this occasion, I believe, sorrow onto Elijah. Friends, tonight, if you don't make that decision for the Lord Jesus Christ, I wonder what sorrow brings the Lord Jesus, the one who went to Calvary, the one who died for your sin and mine. How long will you hold between two opinions? The gospel message, like Elijah, you read through this text, it commands. Have you heeded the commands of God? God forbid you're insinuating, blaming others. God forbid there is indecision in your life and you're saying nothing. But look down this passage and you see a third truth. You see, on another side, one, it is the illusion of mankind. Mankind is lifted up in their pride. And we see this with the challenge given uh, with the 450 prophets of Baal and Elijah. And Elijah is totally outnumbered. Oh, let me simply tell you tonight, the gospel message may not be the most popular thing, but it is simply the truth. The Bible is very clear. There is but one way, and his name is Jesus. John chapter 14, verse 6. And the way, the truth, the life, is that no man cometh to the Father, but by me, said the Lord Jesus Christ. There may be 450 other religions out there in the world, and religions and cults. They're just like the prophets of the Elijah stood before them, said it's just but one way. He put the terms and says, build your altar, give the bullet, put the fire underneath. Uh, traditionally, they would have, uh, there would be many people who pretended to have magic powers, and yet there was always schemes and ways, and they dug tunnels under the altars, and they had somebody uh, underneath to light it, so bold the fire fell and it appeared that way. Uh, sleight of hand and deceit was popular and common among many of the religions. Now, please note, when Elijah said to the people, how long falls you between two opinions? They said nothing. But look with me in verse 24, and you see a tragedy here. And it says, call me in the name of your gods, and I will call in the name of the Lord. And the God that answered by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. Hold on a second. This is the same group that said nothing and says, Whose side are you on? And now, when Elijah says, Okay, let's have a contest to see who is the true God. And now they speak and say, It is well spoken. What a tragedy. What a, uh, what a heartbreak for Elijah. They said, Okay, let's test and see if God is God. Oh, friends. Even as we saw he's not a disappointment earlier. Oh, how is it even possible tonight, my friend, for you to even consider 
any old religion, any old way to please God, any old way in attempt of being good and to strive and to please an almighty, holy God, the creator of this world, when he has already shown us the way by going to the cross of God. What else could he do? God answers. He gave his only begotten son. He took our place in the cross of Calvary. Are you like these people of Israel? Right around, you want to test this, want to test that? Friends, the side where many people are missing, standing right in front of them, searching left, right, all over the place. Friends, in the death of this, the Lord Jesus is still calling. He's calling. He said, How long are you going to run around here, there, and yonder? Come to the place of Calvary. Come to the cross. Don't be like here, these people of Israel. And then you see the prophets of Baal. Oh, and you look at them. And they jumped up on the altars and they cut themselves for over six hours from the morning sacrifice to the evening. That's from nine in the morning to our time, right to three p.m. in the afternoon. We know Elijah sort of mocked a little bit in the middle. and said, oh, how can you do that? That's not acceptable. He was just showing them that their God is dead. He's not there. I wanted them to, to see and understand that their ways were wrong. But rather than admit defeat, for six hours they jump up and down. They cut themselves more and more. That's the illusion of man. Because they thought the more cuts they can put in, the more strings they can raise, the more jumping on the altar, oh then surely our God will listen. He's like, how silly can it be? My friends, I know many people today thinking, if I just go to another church service, God will be happy. If I just read my Bible for another day, if I just say my prayers for another week, surely that will give me some brownie points with God. You see the illusion of these people, they thought that they could manipulate God and before we condemn them. Are you trying to do that by your good works? I love the words of Job of old. And he says this, If I wash myself with snow water and make my hands never so clean, I yet shall I plunge me in the ditch and my own clothes shall be. No matter how much we wash, how much we try and be good, the Bible's clear as I said this morning. There's none righteous. No, not one. And you could be deceiving. The illusions here of these people, they thought that by their efforts, they could somehow win the approval of their God. I tell you, tonight, there's nothing that any one of us in our own strength can ever do to win approval before Almighty God. I praise God, to what hope is there? Well, it's because the Lord Jesus Christ is the offer of salvation this evening. Friends, do not be lifted up with some grand illusion to think tonight that you can do something to please Holy these people were caught in, and it simply says that the Bible says that not, uh, not their voice wasn't heard, nor no one answered them, verse 29, and then asked, nor any that regarded, no one that he was paying attention. You see the situation before us. How long holds you between two opinions? Oh, you can see the insinuation of Ahab, not willing to accept Ahab, but pointing the finger. You see the indecision of the people. 
refusing to say anything. See their illusion and their grandeur and their pride. Oh, that sounds good. The prophets are surely God will listen to us if we do this just one more time. God forbid we think one more good deed, one more kind thing, one more money given to charity or missions will make you right with God. He doesn't listen. That's not the way of God. And then we come thankfully, as you read down, you go, oh, there's not much good news in here. But then you come to man's invitation. Oh, I love it, but it simply says uh, here in the scriptures uh, where he tells it in verse 30, Elijah said unto all the people, not all the people again, come near unto me. He's come. Come. Wonderful words, you have nothing here to hide before them. And challenge them to come. And that is in essence the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ even till today. He's calling upon people to come. Come to the cross. Come and see what love is really about. He said this morning around the table there's many imitations of love. But when you draw near to the cross of Calvary, come and see truly what love is. That love that was displayed on the cross of Calvary where the Lord Jesus laid down his life for us, for our sins clearly here. He challenged them, he brought them near, and in a simple prayer, 63 words I think it is, he simply prayed a prayer, and God answered by sending fire down from heaven. Oh, you see, Elijah could have simply prayed, and the rain could have come down, because he does that later on at the end of the chapter. So why did he do this? He wanted them to see that their ways, their false gods, their ways of pleasing, trying to please and trying to earn favor with God, are doomed to failure. That there's only one who is important and that would get down to the very heart of the, the, the subject. Look at verse 37 in the midst of his prayer. He simply says, Hear, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Friends, this evening, it's not about our lives and our actions. It comes down to what your heart and soul is. It's a heart issue. How long are you going to try and please the world and God? How long are you going to try and have a, a foot in the world and a foot uh, in the church that doesn't how long you're going to hold and skip between two opinions? The message of Elijah echoes the message of the gospel. He says, Come, come, come and see this sacrifice. Come and see, and may it impact your heart this evening. I want to just finish off with just a few thoughts on what that sacrifice was. Because this sacrifice of the bully points us simply to the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who has provided the only means of salvation. We're told here, where did this sacrifice take place? It took place on a mountain. It took place in the open for everyone to see. And the Lord Jesus Christ was crucified on one Calvary. Oh, he has crucified everyone who see it. The Apostle Paul said in Acts 26, he said, This thing was not done in a corner. 
It was done for all to see. All the people could see Elijah call upon God and the fire falling down. They all could see it. So as you read through that, even as you read through the book of Acts, and when Peter starts preaching, and then the Apostle Paul, no one denies that Jesus Christ was crucified. It was done openly, this place, note the timing. The prophets had danced around for six hours, and came to the time of the evening sacrifice, 3 p.m., for you and I. Let's well, go through the New Testament. That's the same time the Lord Jesus died in the cross of God. That's the same time we cried out, My God, my God, why has God forsaken me? He was forsaken as he offered his life as sacrifice. He took the penalty of my sin and your sin. The cry that it is finished. The work of salvation was complete. There was nothing more to be done over. And the hearts and souls of people to come and stop skipping around and surrender and put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, I want you to know the sacrifice that took place on Mount Carmel. It's interesting. I did the nightly reading, and as you read through, I think it's down in verse 38, when the fire of the Lord fell, see what the Bible says, it consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the dust, and it licked up the water that was in the trench. Nothing was left. You see, when the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross of Calvary, his head is finished. There's nothing more to be done by anyone on this earth to achieve salvation. He died once, once for all. Today he's seated right hand of fire. It is a complete and a finished work of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Friends, this offering, in a sense, was substitutionary. Oh, you find that the bullet was placed there uh, as a sacrifice. Uh, as it, the fire fell upon a bullet, it was consumed. Now something interesting. The bullet was consumed by the fire along with everything else on Mount Carmel. Consumed the sacrifice. But on Mount Calvary, the sacrifice consumed the fire of judgment. The Lord Jesus wasn't considered. He took the penalty, the punishment for your sin. That's why I cried, my God. My God, why is that for sin? He was separated from the Father. Why? Because he was taking my sin. My holy God could not look upon sin. Jesus loved me so much. He took all my punishment. Everything in my life that I've done wrong, if I just look and think about it, oh dear. And then multiply that by everybody on this earth, and by everybody who's been on this earth. What horror. But he can sweep it all. The wrath of God was appeased on the cross of Calvary by the gift of God through the love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, if you see this people standing and Elijah. Come here. Come. He's evening a message. Come. Don't see the preacher. Don't see a Baptist church tonight. They'll never save you. But come to the cross of Calvary. Where the Lord Jesus took the punishment completely for your sin and my sin. And what happened at the end? These people cried, fell on their faces. The Lord, He is God. 
when it came to making a choice. But that moment they stopped skipping around. Friends, the gospel message tonight is very simple. How long will you hold between two things? Have you ever come to the point of saying that I surrender all? I come, Lord, and thank you for what you did on the cross of Calvary. You took my punishment. You took all of my punishment. And you offered me such a wonderful gift. How can I but receive it? Or tonight will you be relieved like I have? Pointing the finger. Oh, he preached too long. Oh, those people didn't greet me. Find excuses to not receive in Christ. I can give you a hundred of them if you want. God forbid you like Israel initially. Walk out those doors and not respond to the offer. Come to God. Come to Christ. Saddest thing they said not Don't not be deluded and lifted up in grandeur and illusion and think that someday I'll be able to do right. I'll please God. I'll appease in this way or that. It doesn't work. But praise God, the invitation. Come, come near. Come and see the love of God displayed on the cross of Calvary this evening. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this simple challenge that allows you give. And Father, that challenge is applicable to us tonight. I do pray this evening for each one that has gathered in or is listening even later. Lord, that you would speak into their hearts and souls. Mm. Oh, Lord, God forbid that people making excuses. God forbid that people deceiving themselves that somehow they can make right with God. Oh, Father, God forbid as even those who will just sit and do nothing. Mm. We thank you, allows you to give these commands and that people responded. And thank you again, Lord, the command of the gospel message is you must be born, born again. I pray this evening. May the Spirit speak on tonight in hearts and souls. And Father, I would love to be rejoicing with the angels of caring and precious souls coming to know Christ who is life indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.